Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. This week on the show, we have been hearing from a number of people coming from different perspectives on what it's like to rent in Limerick. The cost of renting has gone up by around 10% in Limerick City over the last 12 months alone. Landlords that trust people who say they're students are very few and far between and I can understand why, but it's been tough trying to find houses that aren't in a shambles when you rent them because they think you're just going to ruin it because you're a student. And I'm extremely responsible when it comes to like the houses that I live in. I, like if there's anything wrong, I've repainted the inside of a house before because the people I've lived with have like scuffed things. Renting in Limerick is, it's it's tough. Rent pressure zone um, caps rent increases to 4%. The recent change in July just gone is uh, doing away with that 4% cap and it's now in line with the cost per price index. To further suppressing how much rent can increase by. That will suppress it, will it? Yes. Okay, so so we are likely then to see on an annual basis um, a, a lower level of increase in Limerick and elsewhere in the country, if you're in a rent pressure zone. Absolutely, but it's not resolving our problem, Joe. It's not re- resolving our problem. We're seeing landlords exiting the market by the time we need them. And I found that when I was going to house viewing, because I went to a good few of them, Landlords seemed to be a bit sceptical when I came and I said I was in full-time employment and that everyone that was going to be renting with me was in full-time employment. But we are from the ages of 21 to 23. For I think I went to view about six or seven houses and we didn't get any of them. I definitely found that when I went in and looked around, it was very much, oh, thank you for your time. They didn't seem too interested in me. And then I just got very lucky and found a landlord that was willing to take a chance even though we're all young people and we've had no problems. I think they assume that you're going to be throwing wild parties and um, you know, keeping your neighbours up at night but that's not obviously always the case. Overall, like I've had to chase people through the Residential Tenancies Board for taking deposits and then not giving the house. Pretty depressing sense the market is a rip-off. At one point I was paying double the average mortgage repayment in rent on a 1970s built house with no upgrades in the 70s single grade windows, cracks in the walls. Like, I'm not shocked that the price of rent has risen by 10%, but I'm depressed that the price of rent has risen by 10%. Declan, Megan and Jane talking about their experiences of renting a Limerick. Uh, you also heard from Tony Wallace from Rooney Auctioneers, uh, the head of letting there, talking about the market in general. And we wanted to follow up now from uh, the point of view of landlords, uh, Margaret McCormick from the Irish Property Owners Association is on the line. How are you, Margaret? Good morning, Joe. I heard um, yesterday in the course of the chat, we had different people contacting us and one was saying that there were very few properties available online at the moment to rent in Limerick. And one of those properties, uh, a three-bed semi, was up there at 2300 a month. Yes, that's 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 a huge amount of money for a property. So it, it's a hugely difficult situation. Simply speaking, the, the cost of the provision of accommodation is high, so the income must be sustainable. And for that, then, it, it, I mean, if we're buying a property, a property has to be is purchased. There's uh, the cost of the purchase, and then there there would need to be a yield on top of it. And then we're looking at taxation. So one of the biggest problems is that for a landlord, 
a property is generally it's taxed at at around 50%. So 50% of the income goes back to the state. So from that perspective, um, a landlord is normally, uh, in, a, in any business, you're allowed to offset certain the cost of the business. But in a, in a rental business, there's an awful lot of the cost that you're not allowed to offset. Um, and one of them being, being that, that you're allowed to offset the mortgage interest, but you're not allowed to offset the cost. Um, legitimate expenses like the LPT are not allowable either, which, again, drive up the amount um, of the cost for the provision. So so you're being profit on you're you're being taxed on profit right. in theory but, profit that doesn't so, exist so, so, and so then you have to pay back your your you have to pay back the actual uh, mortgage capital itself so the the, the cost of the provision of accommodation right. is very but, but hang on a second what is allowable against tax i mean surely if work needs to be done in the building itself that's allowable yeah, certain certain things are are allowable. So repair and maintenance are allowable, unless the landlord does it themselves. In which case, then then you're not allowed to put in for your time um, and energy doing it. Um, so you can deduct it, but an awful lot of property owners will deal with um, with decoration and things like that, gardening themselves, because obviously the cost of services is very high. Um, and what we have now is a situation where income has been frozen. Because the, they're going to tell you that the cost of price index is not freezing income. But depending on the level of the rent when the rent pressure zones came in, depends on the amount that a person was able to actually um, charge now. And if their income is basically frozen to, to, to the consumer price index, so the indices, then their costs are not frozen. So for our members, they're saying to us that if they to get in any sort of contractors for anything, as a, as a result of COVID and people leaving the country, and, and it is ex- really expensive as well to actually get your contractors in. So it has always been expensive, but it's hard to get them and the costs have gone up. But of course, the incomes are being frozen. So the, the long and short of what they've done is that the rent control results in a reduction of available accommodation. And the big problem is available accommodation. And the most frightening thing about it is that we've lost 22,000 tenancies in the four years since they brought rent control in. At the same time, we have had a lot of uh, new investors, institutional investors that have come on the market with buy-to-let who will be charging market rent. So we have... We've, we've actually Margaret, lost a lot more landlords than, than, right. than these uh, tenants that they think they have. Right. Margaret McCormick is with us from the Irish Property Owners Association. What's your response then to the point that's made that if you don't have rent pressure zones in parts of the country where you don't, then rent has a tendency to go out of control? I think that the, the, the main issue here is supply. We need adequate supply. Um, and that's all of the economists will tell you that we have to have uh, also, the cost of, of actually purchasing property and building property in Ireland is, is too high. So, I mean, if somebody is going to purchase a property and invest uh, substantial amounts of income in it, and they're looking for yield, and generally the yields in property are quite low. After taxation and everything else, the, the yield would be maybe, uh, if, you, if you've got a 4% yield on your investment, you're doing reasonably well. By, so, by, by yield, you kind of mean a profit over a year, yeah? Yes, yeah. Because it, you're, it, it, it's back to all of the other costs around it, yeah. You know, and and from from the biggest problem now is is that that the legislation is 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 continually changing, and it's really difficult for anybody, any investor in in the market at this stage. The, the it's it's constantly changing, and 
somebody uh, one, somebody made a comment there, I think, earlier on about um, uh, standards. Standards should be and need to be good. So there's no excuses for poor standards. Uh, but they also said something around chance, a chance in a property. If you let a prop somebody into a property, the law protects them. So the dispute resolution service that has been brought in by our politicians and administered by the RTB is very, very slow. So if we get um, uh, uh, antisocial behaviour in a property, it can take maybe a year and a half to get them out. It'll definitely take them up to a year. If they don't want to leave when they get their notice, you have to go through the whole process. Um, uh, so adjudication, perhaps tribunal, uh, get a determination order has to be issued, uh, maybe an enforcement order through the courts, then the sheriff has to be sent. The whole process is way too slow. And worse again, if that person isn't paying rent. Yeah. They are protected all the time, but the neighbours around them are not protected, right. the landlord is but not protected. So we, we, have, we, we have a system now that, that rather than encourage investment and, and we've got to say that most tenants are great and most landlords are great and rent is paid. But because of the system that's protecting the people um, and, and it's damaging to the rest of the market as well. If you have one antisocial tenant in, in a house of five people, the other four move. Yeah. And we're left with the one antisocial tenant, yeah. uh, no income. So, but, I mean, but you know, um, people talking this week about um, the market being affected by uh, landlords getting out by selling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who are they selling to? Because someone was making the observation here on the show yesterday that surely if they're selling, that frees up housing stock elsewhere. It, it, yes, I mean, the housing stock can move around. But, I mean, the housing problem is, is, is massive. And the, and the first thing is is that, that the state is responsible for housing its citizens. And it's it's responsible for social housing for people that need social housing. And it's responsible for having a, a, a private rental market that deals with the needs of, of, of the people. So if somebody sells a property, out of the, out, a, a landlord sells a property, uh, generally it will go, at the moment, it's going out of the market, out of the private rental market into private ownership. So that means that the people who are coming into the rental market, and it's continual because, you know, people grow up, uh, either go to college, may need accommodation then, or go straight to work, need accommodation near their work. So there's, there's a need for the private rental market. There's always a need for a private rental market. And and it's just, we need we need sort of a situation where somebody that invests uh, in the private rental market can actually get a return and and, and can run that property in, in, in a professional manner. If there's a problem, uh, antisocial behaviour, that you can actually organise to get that person out very quickly. Rent not being paid, you can get them out quite quickly. And that, that's just not there. And because because of that, it's, like, it's, it's hugely difficult. So, so do, you, do you believe then, Margaret, that in essence, and obviously you're coming from your own perspective, um, from the Irish Property Owners Association, that landlords are being painted as evil when the vast majority are far from it? Yes, I do. 79% of tenants, the OTB did research there uh, relatively recently, 79% of tenants said that their renting experience has been positive. Um, and the, the one that, that, the other thing that caught my eye was that 14% of small landlords would recommend it to a friend. 14% would recommend it to a friend. That means 86% of them won't recommend it. I, I mean, it's, it, it, it's hugely difficult. And I mean, the, the, the laws keep changing. I mean, we, we had a situation here that, that you, could, you could take your deposit and the deposit was whatever amount 
the property owner felt was appropriate. Now, in general, in the market, that was one month and one month, uh, one month rent in advance. But they have now limited it to one month. Now, we, we've, we have landlords who have properties absolutely been destroyed and they've never got anything back or there's no protection there. So if a landlord wanted to put it, you know, is, is letting out a valuable property. Um, in the, the method that's out there today is if somebody can move in, not pay a penny, destroy the property and walk away. Um, and there's no, there's no recourse for a landlord. Right. You, you oh. can get a determination order that says pay the money, but the person can leave the country, yeah. the person can be a man or woman of straw and ha- not have any money. So from... Like there's, there's no they continually erode the protection. So they expect they expect the landlords to to come into the sector, take all of the risks, and then you know. Um, okay. Oh, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't okay. make well, sense. Well, look, we we did want to give the landlord side of the story because we've obviously heard from tenants and others uh, during the week. Uh, it's a very thorny issue, though. The bottom line is that we're seeing increases in uh, rent to ten percent in the last twelve months in Limerick City, and that obviously puts pressure all round. Uh, but as you pointed out, there there are factors involved from the landlord's point of view as well. That's Margaret McCormick from the Irish Property Owners Association. Limerick today with Joe Nash on. Live 95.